Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get a creamy Oreo frappe or McCafe smoothie for less with 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Where are you going to be on June 16th? What? Hey, Pat, stop flirting. Hey, y'all. Whitney Cummings here. First and foremost, I'm, I'm back on the road. Back on the road, new material, new me, kind of. I went to a couple therapy sessions. I'm like, new me. June 16th, I'll be in Detroit, uh, Michigan at the Motor City Casino. June 17th, I'll be in Cincinnati, Ohio at the Hard Rock Casino. It's going to be so much harder when I walk in. The party doesn't start until I walk in. The hard doesn't start till I walk in. Did I just become Theo Vaughn? June 23rd to 25th, I'm going to be at the Brea, California, Brea Improv, working out new material. This is actually the one we're, we're going to shoot. I'm, I'm figuring out my next special. So come to Brea, help me figure out what I should keep in, what I should not keep in. Don't worry, I won't do crowd work videos. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't suck you guys <laughs> into my, my, my rigmarole, peddling my wares. I love the idea that now with crowd work videos, someone's just like in the front row, like coming to see a show and someone's like, hey, what's up with your wife? Because she, she, she's fat. And it's like 90 million views. They're like, I can't, you guys should never sit in the front row. Comedians are monsters. We're basically doing to the audience now what Will Smith did to Chris Rock. Uh, August 11th, I'm going to be in Lake Charles. Is that Louisiana? Louisiana. Louisiana. I'm going to be in Louisiana at the Grand Event Center, August 26th, I'll be at Rancho Rancho Mirage, marriage. Don't bring up that word ever. The Rancho Mirage in, uh, nope, it's in Rancho Mirage, California, the ballroom. Oh yeah, at Agua Caliente. This is basically Palm Springs, guys. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm getting confused. My dyslexia just got me and it got me good. On October 8th, I'm gonna be somewhere, uh, I'm gonna be in Waterville, Maine. That's right, at the Waterville Opera House. So guys, I am starting my opera career and I am not do I am singing opera at this this is I'm not doing comedy you should do an only opera house tour I'm um I'm doing uh I'm doing opera which might be funnier than stand-up at this point October 27th I'm gonna be in Miami Florida well kind of Miami Florida adjacent I'm gonna be on the fully loaded cruise with the great Burt Kreischer if he survives this press tour I don't know man he looks tired he's been through it but you guys should see the machine it's fucking hell oh shit I can't curse um also, uh, the the reason that I've aged 600 years, uh, the OnlyFans roast, they're out. If you're confused, I can't help you. Make a <laughs> wish. It's free on OnlyFans TV. People are like, what's OnlyFans TV? But you, but you know what Roku is? <laughs> really? People, like, what's OnlyFans TV? I just saw the show on Roku. You figured that out. <laughs> Remember when you got Quibi? And you just, how, how, what's the confusion? I don't, OnlyFans <laughs> is a website. You've heard of it. Just do of.tv. Anywhere there's a search bar, just type it in. Anywhere there's a search bar. Yeah, I'm gonna, uh, there's this new thing on Tubi. How did you get that so quickly in your brain? <laughs>
it's easier for you to wrap your head around Tubi <laughs> and Voodoo, V-U-D-U. And there's another one. What is it? Boo-boo? Boop-bop. <laughs> it's on the Bop-Bop-Bop streaming network. <laughs> so OF.TV slash Whitney slash roast. OF.TV slash Whitney dash. No, shit. OFTV. TV. Okay, now I get why you guys are confused. OF.TV <laughs> slash Whitney's Legging. Whitney dash. There's a difference between a slash and a It's OnlyFans. We should probably call it a gash. So <laughs> OF.TV backslash Bert dash. I think it's a forward Roast? forward slash. I'm going to look it no, up. No, right I think now. it's a backslash. Uh, let's see. OF. Forward slash. Are you, is, is, TV. Are you about to bring up an accent of goo? It's forward slash. Forward slash. What did I say? Backslash? Yeah. Okay. OF.TV slash Whitney dash Cummings dash presents. Oh, that's both of them. Well, that's I didn't even know that. You now I'm confused. Own, like, it's like your own series. Oh, got it, got it, got it. It's, I don't, or Google Whitney Cummings roast. Google Burt Kreischer roast. It'll come right up there, sweet pea. I don't know what to tell you. Someone's in my house. I gotta go. <laughs> Action. Oh, thank you. My God. There is a man in LA. I was telling me if you get like I I'm I'm so toxic. I'm like, I need to hear action. Like a man. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, I'm yeah. a show pony. I need like that gun to go off. Thank you, yeah. Pat. Jenna Friedman is here. Uh easily my favorite person. Um Where I, do I look? Oh my god, so many cameras. Which one? <laughs> so many cameras. You're not, the they're on all the, on me, don't worry. The one on the right <laughs> is yours. You're not on camera for that. <laughs> you can just chill. <laughs> You're audio only. <laughs> what was it? Was it Police Academy where there was the guy that was so tall that he was out of frame? Yeah. 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 Right, is that what? Right? Was it High Tower? Yeah. Well, because there was a scene I remember where sometimes. Uh, someone was like, you have something in your teeth and he reached and just like a banana fell out of frame. It's <laughs> <laughs> like so stupid. Um, Jenna's made one of my favorite shows, Indefensible, on Amazon. It's no longer. No longer. I mean, it's, it's still, still on. on. Two seasons are on Amazon. Season one A and one B. <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they called it. So Amazon? They won't have to pay me for two seasons. So here's it's on AMC Plus and you can buy them on Amazon. So I'm just going to say something to you right now, Amazon. Um, Jenna, feel free to stay out of this. Um, this is my fight. Amazon, I know you're making television shows, but let's, to be clear, you're a grocery store. You can't treat us like this. You also just took Saudi money. Hmm. You're a grocery store that took Saudi money. How dare you continually humiliate, denigrate, and undervalue all my incredibly talented friends? I got put through a nightmare at Amazon uh, trying to make a pilot for a grocery store. Users who watch this show also bought Kotex Plus. <laughs> it's your grocery store. Is there no humility? Yeah, it was, I would say AMC Plus, Sundance Channel were really, Amazon just kind of came in and, and put it on. I see, I see, so, I see. Yeah. They're the bargain bin. Yeah. Amazon's like when you're leaving Walmart. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Sure. For this one scenario, but Amazon is oh, also- Oh, because they didn't produce it, produce mm -hmm. it. Okay. Yeah. See, I told you it was my fight. 
Mm-hmm. I told you it was personal mm-hmm. <laughs> and nothing to do with your shining career. My failures at making television for grocery stores should have nothing to do with your successes at making television at actual legitimate artist colonies like Sundance Channel. Mm-hmm. Um, soft focus on Adult Swim. Okay, so I'm just going to do like joke lab. Let's just do joke lab for a second. Sure. Do okay. you think, do you think men's general frustration with women could have any connection to gendering cars and boats as female? Like there's a little bit, like there's there's like a, it's interesting to me in society when things are she and when they're he. Like, um, like uh, they want, like- Siri is she. The um, the lady that gives us directions on GPS always is she, uh, and we hate the person delivering. You know, I mean, other like in Spanish they actually gender like words like the tables of woman la That's, mesa. Well, who decides that that? I don't know. It's just la mesa. What's, what's el agua waters man? El libro a book is a man. Yeah, it's women it can't be out there Books. getting literate. Yeah. But like it's because I am obsessed with the idea that it's like cars and boats are always female and they're expensive to maintain and lose their value almost immediately when you get them. Right. And they're hard, to, you know, like they I take a lot of work, can, I think a lot that of line, maintenance. I think that line can work. That, I just, but I'm not, I'm yeah. joking, but I'm also serious. I always start in a serious place of like when we gender things, like, and it's, why don't we call cars and boats he? Well, because it just is gay to <laughs> no, sit on I mean, a he. If, if I could afford a yacht, I would call it he, <laughs> Mister Yacht. <laughs> you know, but I can't afford a yacht. Yeah, it's just like it's it's like I'm just Maybe trying it comes to come down of, to that. It's like, like it's like if you can afford a yacht, you're gonna want to fuck your yacht. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you're like, most likely a man who's gonna want like a female yacht. It's something that you're most buying likely. for your pleasure to show off. It's a trophy. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's something you have to maintain and caretake. Yeah. But I do feel like little things like that make a big difference. Well, they're like, yeah, like a billionaire, typically male. Mm-hmm. Uh, can tip. Yeah. I, I, everything you own, you want to fuck. There's something interesting about how I feel like guys are not attracted to women that earn their own money. Like a female billionaire. But if she's inherited it, that's okay. Well, because it's different personality types. If it's self-made, like... Ugh. Well, what it takes to be a... Fe- who's 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 a female self-made billionaire? Cheryl Sandberg? Spanx. Oh, the Kardashians. The Spanx lady. Yeah. Car- well, Kardashian Self-made, yes. I mean, I think that... I mean, their dad was a big lawyer. Right. OJ's lawyer. Cheryl Sandberg. Cheryl Sandberg. The away luggage lady. You know, like, there's kind of... Yeah, that they're billion, not... I don't know. Billion. I don't think I even understand the concept of billion. Yeah. Uh, 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 the Harry Potter lady. J.K. Rowling. You know, those kind of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, and versus like someone who inherits it. It's like, oh, poor thing. She was stuck in this castle. She has all this money. Or it's just a different personality type. Like I picture like, you know, like Meg Whitman or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know why I said that, but it's just a different. I also had this thing that um, I'm trying to kind of like, you know, do you ever have really funny, interesting things happen to you? And you're like, but I don't tell stories on stage. Um, Like you don't really tell stories. I don't tell stories. My, oh, I can't tell this one. <laughs> yeah, I, yes, to answer your question. Well, there's this thing that happened, tell me this is funny, where 
I can't get out of my head and I don't know why. And I think maybe I'm just a little bit in a, maybe it's because everyone's now so gendery, pronouny. It's yeah, like, there's uh, a lot. There's a lot going on. Because I'm doing this, the new hour I'm working on is about um, the uh, it's tra- hard to get trans in the, stuff, like drag stuff. When, they're, when you're trying to self-censor, it's hard to get in like a flow state as a comedian. Yeah, well, there's also just something of like, it's like, you know, call me my, my pronoun this. I'm a she. I identify as she, her. Like cars identify as she, yachts, she. I'm just like kind of in a, yeah. trying to get all the, to make a case. I'm trying to, you get a bunch of data and then figure out what my case yeah, is going to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. this is why we, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, one time I was walking to uh, get coffee in a uh, Burbank, whatever, like mini mall. There's a Jama Juice and then there's the coffee place and then mm-hmm. like a Panda Express, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, table uh, full of three guys that are just sitting. And you know when like you walk up to – like. W- when you're walking past three guys, they're like young, they're like 25, 26. They're like, they're like, they're there for the day to talk and look mm-hmm. at girls and, te- you know. And you know, when you walk past guys, you know, they're going to look at you. You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of like, you don't want them to want you, but you're also going to kind of, it's just this weird thing where you're yeah. like, I'm going to pretend I don't see you looking at me, but I'm also going to kind of try to look cute and reject you. I stop. I, 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 I maybe remember feeling that way. I've had like, since I had a baby, I feel like, but it's just that thing. I I don't see, I don't identify as like a sexual, like a sex object. (laughs) But it's this weird thing where you're like, why am I trying to impress these guys? Like, I don't want to date them. They're not, nothing's going to happen here, but I know that I'm on display. Right. It's just like that thing where you They'll know they're you, looking at you. That you're and, on display. And there's times you want to just be like, I'm just going to boycott and be like, the fee, five, four, four, like yeah, just or yeah. something. Or just like, like That would make them want you more. <laughs> it's just this weird <laughs> thing where you're like, what, what is this? It's just like a knowing guys are looking at you and yes. I don't, I want them to look, but I don't, whatever. Right. And, um, and so I... I'm walking by and then I kind of look over to like see if they're looking kind of, which mm-hmm. is so pathetic. And you let them in. You give them eye Well, contact. just to kind of be like. You're at, you yeah, ask for what, it. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> never going to have this Jamba Juice loiterers. Like, yeah. And I look over and the, like head guy, you can tell he's like the, you know, Lord of the Flies, like head dude. Yeah. He just looks at me and he goes, what's up, dude? And I like. Did they recognize you? Maybe they know who you are. Don't think. This because, was a while ago. Okay. I think about it a couple times a week. You think about being caught. What, how old were you? 30. Maybe 30. You just wanted to be catcalled and you were called a dude. It just was, what's up, dude? It and, was, and that's upsetting because it, it was just, it wasn't I like, thought it was funny. I just thought it was such a funny, disarming thing to, way to, to flirt. Way to flirt. Um, and it was just, it was, it was, almost like he was like, don't worry, we're friends. What's up, dude? Like, it just threw me in a way that I still think about it. Were the guys younger? Because maybe that's like a younger generation way to cackle. If he had said like, like what's up, sweetie? I would have been like, okay. Kept moving, never would have thought about it again. Yeah. But he said... It was, I don't don't know. There was just something so... There was like an egalitarian uh, catcall. Like, it was almost like... It was like don't, gender is a don't construct. Don't worry. We're not going to follow you to your car, bro. Oh. <laughs> or something. Like, it was just, I just thought it was so funny uh, yeah. and just so bizarre. And then my, and I can't stop thinking about it. Like, I've, I think about that moment a lot. Do you ever have moments in your life where you're like, I just want to go back and find that person and be like, what was that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, 
Oh my God. I'm so tired because I just didn't sleep last night. So it's like really hitting me right now. But <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, I'm all over the place, but no, you're fine. I'm not against cat calls. Totally. You know what I mean? It's I'm like, not against it's, them. Totally. Yeah. It's, cat it's our calls. generation. Too. That's a whole other thing. I mean, I did my first special. I did a joke about like it's I think there's something sweet about it sometimes. You know, when you go to like Italy, it's just like it's all they do. Yeah. It's, you know, but, um, you know, I remember there was a moment I was walking by a construction uh, zone in New York. This was they were doing because I remember cause it was the they were building the Whitney. And I remember being like me. me. And uh, I walked by. I mean, it was literally hundreds of construction workers. And I remember yeah. walking by, and this was three years ago, like at the height of, you know, Me Too stuff. Not a whistle, not nothing. Mm. And I remember being like, ooh, I don't, I kind of miss it. I was, so I was in New York a couple weeks ago, um, and some guy I had on, like, gardening shoes that definitely had, like, breast milk on them. <laughs> and some guy was like, I can, like, nice feet, I can tell. And it's normally the creepiest comment, but I was just like, I like I needed to hear that. I did because I just feel I'm like a zombie. You know what I hate? When you go on a show or something and someone's like, that show you did is really underrated. Oh, yeah. I think that show is perfect. Everyone I know loves it. Everyone I know talks about it. Yeah. It was my dream show and I wish we could do more. That one, I think... Ended because partly because of the pandemic, we were mm-hmm. about to shoot the third special, and then also there was a lot of shift internal stuff at Adult Swim, and the people that brought in the show left, and then also, I mean, Adult Swim in generals. Yeah, I mean, it's the all of these networks they come and they go. Everything and- is kind of fucked. That's you know why we're striking. Right, right, right. We're just not getting paid, uh, obviously. Yeah. But it's it's this thing where people come up to me like, "Why did your show get canceled?" And you're like, "It's a business, and these two businesses merged, and the person yeah. that ran it lost their job, whatever." But what like, we need is at the top, we need AI actually running the business. Well, my robot's available. Yes, to run. we need Bearclaw <laughs> to run Sony. Um, <laughs> and so Jenna's toured with me. My favorite writer, my favorite writer of jokes is Jenna Friedman. Um, uh, came on the road with me a couple times. Lucky enough, uh, how was your experience on the road with me? By the way, I feel like you were slightly terrified. It was great. Okay. I actually, I mean, I don't know if we'll put. The, I write about it in the book. No way. Mm-hmm. I write about it because I didn't realize. So I had never gone on tour with a headlining female comic in my entire career. Why do you think that is? Because there, a there aren't there weren't that many at mm-hmm. least when I was coming up. It costs money to take people on tour with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I had toured with other women, but not on the same level. Like as kind of like, just a, you know, my first time overseas was with uh, Jessica Delfino, mm-hmm. but it was like a different dynamic. It was like not like you had like an actual production. You know what I mean? And it was just kind of the two of us staying in Walthamstow with her friend who used to be a sex worker sure. and not really making money. Sure. But you actually have like an apparatus behind your touring. And I also, I, it's more. I do? Yeah, you have a whole team. And it was really, I write about it. It was cool. It was cool to see that. And um, I also, I didn't, I had never toured with a headlining male comic. And that's kind of like the, the, the chapter is a little bit about that, like how that kind of works when you're coming up. When we were coming up, you know, I don't know if you had male comics take you under your wing. Mm-hmm. So did who was like the first They comic? took me under their undercarriage. Right. But so, the, I mean, the thing is, it's like, I don't want to like name names, but like a 
touring guy comic probably, at least when we were coming up, wouldn't normally take a younger Gallagher woman. Yeah, Gallagher. Name them. No, but they wouldn't take a young a, a female comic on tour because of like people would think they're fucking. Yeah, or yeah. he they would be fucking, or the girlfriend of the comic would be like, "Why are you taking this younger girl?" Or just like the economics of it, like you share hotel rooms, yep, yep. like it just. It just isn't an industry where, like, it's easy for, like, young kind of women. And it's also, I think, for me, like, going on the road, like, with with male comics back in the day, there also was a little bit of, like, you know, I'm not saying they're cheating. I'm not saying whatever their behavior on the road is. There's a little bit exactly. of, like, I don't want to have to feel guilty around this person. I don't want to have a girl looking at me being like, what are you doing? Why are you hanging out I don't want to be him? judged. Yep. I, I don't want to be cock-blocked. There's Gossiped so about, which is, which is it's, it's your fair. show. It's yeah. your career. You can book who you want to open for you. But in other work environments, it's easier for, like, men to mentor women who are younger than them. It's just an easy, because you're not literally on the road together it's just it's, so, mentoring is literally mentor. 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 <laughs> they tour. <laughs> mentor. Mentor. Only. Mentor. We'll tour we'll, and we'll tell you what yeah. how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I didn't mean to. I feel like when I said I wrote about it, I like I saw like a panic in your eyes. And I love that. I want to <laughs> no, bottle that up. No, the panic was more the, more the frustration that I haven't gotten to read the whole book no, yet. No, it's fine. It's it's. I haven't gotten to read it. You know, no, I because just, I'm, I have not read my own book. Yeah. Are you insane? Do not read your own book. Yeah. I strongly discourage. Ladies, listen up. Father's Day is creeping up on us faster than a creepy uncle at a family reunion. And if you haven't gotten a gift for dear old dad yet, you're in luck. Manscaped has got your back and your dad's cojones. Trust us. Your dad will be thanking you for keeping his balls in check. Your dad or your daddy, too. You know, let's either. Dead Dad's Club, also your daddy, your baby daddy, whoever it is. Look, and it's not just a gift for daddy. You and mom will appreciate the results too, if you know what we mean. So don't wait any longer. Use code Whitney at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Your dad and his package will thank you for the most memorable Father's Day gift ever. Imagine surprising your dad with a sleek, well-designed, optimized body hair trimmer that says your balls will thank you on the box. Look at this. Beep. They also have other amazing products like cologne, crop mop, ball wipes, ball wipes, ball wipes, crop reviver, ball toner, and crop preserver, and ball deodorant. They cover it all. For all the females listening, you'll appreciate this part. Manscaped products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, dye-free, and vegan. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code Whitney at manscaped.com. Get your dad a gift you know he will actually use. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code Whitney. Don't forget that you came from your dad's balls. This year, show your original home some love with Manscaped. I wrote this book and um, it's about 15 years of being in comedy for the most part. Uh, one of my inspirations was reading Bossy Pants and her chapter on work, her chapters on work. And When I, Tina Fey, when that book came out, I literally thought it was for me. Yeah. So, That's how, like, I feel like everyone probably thought that, but I was like, what would I have done without this book? I, it made me feel like I wasn't losing my mind. Yeah. So... And I love like the quote where Lauren Michaels says, never tell a crazy person they're crazy. Like I, those are words to live by. I, I, I love getting kind of work advice. That was the most interesting part of the book to me. So then when I started writing this one, I was like, what do I want to talk about? And it kind of shifted towards work. 
And so just being in comedy in different capacities for the past 15 years. And yeah, there's just one chapter where I just kind of talk about being a young t- comic and how hard it was to get to that next level because, you know, I opened for male comics in New York or Chicago when I was there, but I never was invited. I didn't even realize it until I went on tour with you. Where I was like, I've actually like never gone on like an aff- something that would feel like an official tour with a headlining comic. I've done festivals, I've headlined myself, but I haven't like been like a feature of like officially going on tour until. That's interesting. I know. That's I wild. know. But I also, I, I worked at like Letterman and the Daily Show. So like I went, so I didn't, I didn't have like a period of many years where I was like just focusing on standup. And then when I did, after I left the Daily Show, I did like Edinburgh. So those aren't like, I, I just kind of did my own thing without going I didn't go through the ranks uh, like a traditional stand-up would you know I'm a uh admit a jump around you know me uh Please. you've worked with Sasha Baron Cohen uh David Letterman Jon Stewart almost Roseanne almost Roseanne <laughs> my first day I had worked on the first uh iteration of the reboot of Roseanne um when it came back and then season two of that you know it did very very well um we worked very hard on it um was very proud of it um, and J- your name kept, I was like, Jenna's gotta be in this room, you know, because it was, she had voted for Trump very publicly and, but she was very, um, what's the word fair about going, I don't want this to be a right wing show. Like I want, that. I was really excited to work for Roseanne. I wasn't writing for like a show, like I, a network show wasn't so much on my radar. Cause a lot of them are not shows that I think I would thrive in. But I was like, I really was excited to work for her. So. It didn't feel like a network show when we were doing it. It felt really like. Well, it's Roseanne, mm-hmm. who is this iconic working class feminist hero from the 90s. And she's come back and now she supports Trump. And it's like the first year of his presidency. And it's the most watched show on TV. And it felt really exciting to be the prospect of being at that table. Mm-hmm. Um, and and. And working with her or, or pushing her, I was very excited for that. And she wanted to be pushed. Like Jackie's character in the show, Sarah Gilbert, Darlene's character in the show, she very much wanted that to be the complete opposite and to and to recreate these these the fissure that was happening in America and have these like honest um, the conversations of what actually would reflect the tension that was happening in these living rooms of someone vote one person voted for yeah. Trump, one person voted red, blue. How do you sit at a table together after that? Yeah, and try to shift. I mean, I, I don't know. I was really excited. And then my first, I had followed, I started following her on Twitter before I, before the show started or the second season of the new, or the reboot started. And she was wackadoo. And so I actually, and my tweets were fine in comparison but I deleted my whole feed after reading her tweets because I was just like, this is crazy. I don't think anyone should have a documentation of anything they say online ever. And I just- You I, deleted yours mm-hmm. is a reaction. Yeah, it's like a, I do it every so often. It's kind of like a digital colonic where I'll just yeah. like, be like, bye. <laughs> anyway. Like and there's, what are the chances that one of these is like going to age well? Right, but, you know. Right, and also you don't want to give the AI. We don't want to give AI more information than they already have, even right. though they you delete them, they still probably have that information. Right, right, right. But just whatever. So, my tweets fr- are meant to be ephemeral. I think that's like Snapchat is smart about that. It's like, well, don't they can't? Isn't there wasn't a whole thing where like you can save a Snapchat? 
Wasn't the yes, but I feel like it's like you'd have to go out of your way to screen grab it, and then right. in in perpetuity, like well, it's if, not that; it's just that, right? Yeah, but if, what but I you do? have to be no, 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 like out of your way, meaning like I'm just saying, but, but you have to be like, you have to be like uh, looking into the future. To but work. I like the idea of 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 you know, let's say we're in court. And someone's like, uh, Jenna uh, posted this thing on Snapchat 10 years ago. Here's the screen grab. Right. Everyone's going, why did you screen grab it, you yeah. weirdo? Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I'm saying? It's yeah. almost on the person that was like prepared <laughs> to snitch. Restraining whereas, order. Whereas hearing. on Twitter, if it's public record, it's like, oh, we went back and found this thing. Right. But if it's like you were just sitting on this thing, like like the snitch yeah. energy, it almost is like. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, you're both equally guilty. Is that the hearing for their restraining order, which is a callback to something we were talking about. Like when someone's like, someone's like, oh, someone did something. Something, um, you know, sketchy on an IG live. I have the recording of it. It's mm-hmm. like, why were you recording it in the first place? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're, it's almost like, yeah, it's spooky. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I was I was heading onto the CBS Radford lot in an Uber because I'm still really bad at driving, and uh, I saw her tweet. Um, I do write about it in the book. Did you? S- okay, great. Did I screenshot. No, I I just thought. I, I Did thought- you see the tweet before you saw the shitstorm? Oh, that's a good question. I don't remember, but I do remember thinking, should I, I, I remember thinking, should I not take this job? Well, is it problematic of me to take this job? Am I profiting off of white supremacy if I take the job? And then I was like, well, Wanda Sykes is still on the show. And as long as she's on the show, I mean, you know, you're just justifying all the things because it's like a lot of money in a first writing job for network. It would have been my first network writing job and I cleared my calendar and I needed the money. Um, and then I walked in and, and I saw that Wanda's office was next to mine. I was like a huge, I still am. She's one of my favorite comics. Best. And, um, and I looked down at my phone and they're like, Wanda Sykes is leaving. <laughs> Roseanne. And so then... Uh, and then the decision was kind of made. It happened so fast. That the show was put on pause. It happened so fast. Yeah. So we've been circling each other, yeah. work, trying to work together in yeah, some iteration. Yeah. Can I ask, in terms of working for Jon Stewart, David Letterman, Sasha Baron Cohen, like, you know, well, first I want to ask, Letterman, there's the rumor that he doesn't talk to the writers. It's not a rumor. Uh, <laughs> I met him my first day. He, I, the writer that was hired before me was Joe, I forget his last name. I should know it. Something. Joe Comedy. Joe Comedy. He is Joe Comedy. <laughs> he's, he's very, very funny. And it'll, it'll, I'll get, I'll get it in a second. But he, it took them like six years to introduce him to Letterman. And then I got to meet him my first day. And when I met him, he offered me a lollipop. And he said, this is going to be a terrible place to work, but I'll look it on your resume. But he offered me a lollipop and I didn't take it. And I laughed when he did because I, I was like, you just had a very public sex scandal. Like, what, am I supposed to suck on this lollipop in this <laughs> meeting? Like, why are you? No, because the, the head writer didn't take the lollipop. His agent was in the room. He didn't take the lollipop. So I was like, what? you guys all want what? And so I laughed, and, but they didn't even get that. I thought they didn't. It, it was like he didn't even register that. Was like, it in a bowl? Yeah, it was a bowl of lollipops. He was like, "Do you want a lollipop?" And I said to the one of the head writers who was like sweating bullets because he had hired me, and it was like, "Is it Joe Grossman?" Yes, Joe Grossman was the Joe comedy. Uh, this was Eric Stengel was sitting there, and Eric was really nice, but he was just like probably. All, they, he was nervous around Dave himself, and that's always a weird sign when the head writer is nervous around the well, yep, host. Yep, the eggshells when there's like a yeah, and the, yeah. It, it used to be when you would go into Ellen, people would be like, she, "She's in a good mood today." 
you're like, that why, why is everyone? Why is everyone's head? I heard about the gum. Was it gum or breath mints? Oh, you wait. With Ellen. With my story about that? Wait, that's your story? I heard a story that people need to chew gum around Ellen or something. That's so interesting that you heard that because one of the most devastating moments of my life is when Ellen, I saw her. I, I didn't know I was going to see her. I I was, it was, that's one of these, you know, we have to go to these like Emmy parties, agency parties. I think we think we have to go to these. Um, there are these parties with agencies and such, you know, Eight years ago, I thought I had to go. You make yourself present. It makes an agent want to work harder for you. In reality, it's just demystifying you and making you look desperate and sad. And, you know, they see how annoying and shrill I am. And they're just like, she's not going to fit into any of these boxes um, that would actually make us money off her. Um, and I were at the, which, by the way, I went one time with um, a very successful producer director uh, to one of these events. And a famous actress walked up to him. It was like, hey, how are you? So good to see you. Walked away. And he just went, she wants everyone to know she lost the baby weight. So a lot of times showing up to these things is oh. just the re-upping of just letting everyone know this is how I look now. The work has settled. Oh my I'm not pregnant. I'm My thighs don't touch. Like it's almost like a, a check-in. Yeah. Like a physicality check-in. Yeah. We get our hair and makeup done every couple of years, go to the events just to remind the people that represent us that we're still oh fuckable oh kind of God. thing. <laughs> she wants me to know she lost the baby weight. It was just like a, and I was like, that's exactly what that was. But even if it wasn't, the fact that the producer director said that, it's like, is that just how you look at all women all the time? You know what I mean? Like, what if she literally was just saying like, hi. And I mean, she, it, I understand that it is like a debutante party for like an actress coming out being like, look at me now. But also, what if like the... I don't know. It, like, it why goes both it's not ways. fun? We don't have a good time. I've never gone to one of those parties and left and felt full, fulfilled. Oh it just made me like, proud. what are they saying about like, like what? I don't know. Yeah. So I had met Ellen before at the People's Choice Awards, which this is such an embarrassing story. So People's Choice Awards, you know if you're gonna win beforehand, I believe. Okay. Spoiler alert. So, because they want you to be there to be able to accept it, whatever. So it's my first People's Choice Awards. It's we're there for two Burke girls, Kat Dennings and and Beth Bears, uh, Michael Patrick King, me, Jen Coolidge. Like we're all sitting in a row. At these events, there are seat fillers, which mm -hmm. I have been one when I started. It was broke. You you get paid fifty bucks cash to which is they're all like meth addicts shaking. Like they need fifty bucks cash. Like if it's cash, it's a different group of people than mm -hmm. if it's like well. You'll get you the have check, a bank account, right? Yeah, and so, um, so there are often seat fillers that just kind of sort of are sitting amongst celebrities as well. Mm -hmm. So, this is the way that I justified how this happened. So, Ellen's sitting in front of me. Ellen is Ellen's sitcom was a very big deal for me, of course. Martin and course. Ellen were very big for me. Ellen's sitcom was genius, um, you know. And then Friends came along and started to kind of eclipse it in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. And sh that show would even make fun of Friends. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone was, like, following it. But uh, uh, I remember one time, I think it was the Janine Garofalo episode. There was an episode where Ellen was trying to be friends with Janine Garofalo's character in the show. And um, Janine Garofalo came in and was like, uh, can I get a mint tea almond latte or something? She's like, we don't have that. You might want to try Central Perk. They make things like that. You know, like, yeah, she yeah, started yeah, putting yeah. it in the show. I thought that was yeah. so funny. Um, and, uh, there was just so many silly genius things in there. I was just such a big fan, yeah. you know, of Ellen's and, um, I'm sitting, she's right in front of me. Her and Portia come in, sit right in front of me. I'm like, <laughs> and 
she turns around to, I guess, look at Michael Patrick King or whoever I'm with and looks at me, eye contact. First time I've ever made eye contact with Ellen, someone that I've looked up to for a very long time. I mean, watched her special, like studied her. And I, when I get nervous, I do start to talk in a Southern accent. <laughs> Can you do I'm it? I'm not nervous right now, so I don't think hey. I can. Hey. Well, it was just, I just kind of get like, kind of, like just default to like, oh my God, I'm such a big fan. Like I just, I, it was- Kelly, I, you become Kelly Clarkson. I started, it's a hundred. I don't know what it is. My inner child is Southern or my inner teen fan. And I was like, I'm such a big fan, oh my God. And I just blurted. I mean, I know people who came out as gay to their parents because they saw the episode where mm -hmm, she came mm -hmm, out as gay on mm -hmm. the loudspeaker at the airport, you know? So it's like, mm -hmm. and I, I was like, just make it short and sweet and concise. And I was like, I'm such a big fan. Thank you for everything you have done. So many people I know's lives are better because you exist. Kind of thing. I said mm -hmm. something very quick, and if I may say, eloquent, lovely. I nailed it, and she just went, "Okay." And I was like, and then in my brain I went, "Oh, she thinks I'm a seat filler. It's fine. It's fine. She thinks I'm a seat filler. I look like someone that needs fifty bucks <laughs> right now, and that, and I do. I did, and I do. And then." I go to this event, one of these silly Emmy parties. I run up to, I, my agent is is talking to someone. I don't know who. I see my my agent and talking to someone else. I run up to my agent, give him a hug. I was, I'm feral. I'm a feral person. I shouldn't go to these parties. I don't know how to behave. I, I interrupted a conversation. It was stupid. And then turns out he's talking to Ellen. Mm. So I go up, hug him, and I turn around, and Ellen's <laughs> there. And I'm like, Ugh. and I had had that experience already. So I'm just like embarrassed, and I was like, Hi, I'm Whitney. We actually met one time. Of course, I'm just self-destructing. And uh, you're being totally rational and normal the whole entire time. Just FYI, but keep going. Famous people. If you're famous, you have to understand your impact on people. You don't yeah, get yeah, to be yeah. like, I'm taking the night off yes. of being famous. You're famous. You have one name. Yeah. You don't get to be, you don't get to have one name and then decide everyone and be impatient with people being nervous around you. You decide, you wanted to be an icon. You yes. worked hard to be it. Now you have to like allow people to worship you. I don't know what to tell you. And, um, and I was chewing gum. Uh, and I was like, I don't know, Whitney, and I'm so sorry. And I actually met you at the People's Choice Awards. And I was like, I'm sorry if I insulted you or was talked too much or something. And I just went on a little bit of a embarrassing ramble. And then she just went, so do you always chew gum? So I'd been chewing gum at the People's Choice Awards. So she Award. doesn't, it was a, what? What? Do you always <laughs> chew gum? I don't, I've never interacted with Ellen. I know nothing. So I don't think she liked, she didn't like when I was chewing gum. Oh, maybe it was a breathman thing. I don't know. I just heard a story that people that like she had that, it's just like there's lore, you know, with these people. Mm -hmm. I don't know anyone else who was offered like a, a, Dumb Dumb Lollipop by David Lowe. Dumb Dumb is the, it was a is dumb the dumb. way to bury the lead. Yeah, it was a dumb the dumb. The dumb dumb yeah, is Yeah, he's the, like, mm, this female writer I had to hire for good PR. Look at this dumb, <laughs> this blonde female this blonde writer. Dumb female dumb. writer who looks similar to the intern I had a relationship <laughs> with. Do you want a lollipop? If I had taken it, I would have been running Worldwide Pants by now or whatever that company's <laughs> called. Um, I should have taken a lollipop. But I, I guess I, I don't know the Ellen thing. I just heard like, oh, she has a, she had a thing where maybe she, people needed 
like when you have so much money, you can just be in, like you just don't want to smell bad breath ever. So maybe that was her thing. I don't know. I don't know Ellen. I don't know anything about Ellen. But with Letterman, it was, yeah, he just. But also, I think if you can smell someone's breath at the office, you're too close anyway. Well, in the post-COVID times. We're for, too, you're too close. You're too close. When people say, like, this person has bad breath, I'm like, how How did you get, why did you. I've s- smelled bad, I mean, definitely smelled bad breath. Oh, like a halitosis that's like yeah. a morning breath halitosis yeah. thing. When people, I, I, I am at the point where I let people know. If it's like a severe halitosis, like it feels like something has died inside you. Yeah. Uh, I'll be like, you have that morning breath thing. It, it yeah. Like if it's like something that's permeating, like an effluvium that's distracting. Yeah. Because that, that bad breath like that makes me physically ill. Because I'm like, if I can smell your breath, that means I've breathed the inside of your gastrointestinal yeah. well, tract. Yeah, rotting teeth. It's like... <laughs> That's what it is. It's like, I heard this thing that I was so excited about, but it's not true. Because like, so I heard it's it's total junk science. So if you're just tuning in and you listen to the next part, it won't be accurate. But I heard that dentists kill themselves at higher rates because they're smelling like death all the time because it's like rotting teeth decay. It, I think that's just an old wives tale or something. I, why do the wives have to be old? <laughs> Or is it the tail that's old or the wives? <laughs> it's a uh, right that's so misogynistic. Um, also, Handmaid's Tale, I always was like, tail also means ass. I always right. was curious. I'm that, sure there's like a porn. The Handmaid's pussy. like The Handmaid's his- taint. The thing that bothered me about the Letterman thing with the lollipop is that they. it was almost like when I giggled, it didn't register with anyone. And but no one else was offered a lollipop? Every, no one else took the lollipop. But they were all... Offered. It went like this. Would you let... You're me. I'm Dave What Letterman. time is it? Midday. I just got hired. A lollipop feels like a I evening just, treat. I just got hired. Yes, for like a, you know, septuagenarian. On guy. a, yeah. on a um, holiday, like an Easter... Yeah, no. He, it, it, it def- so he had a bowl of lollipops. David Letterman, I sit down, he goes, would you like a lollipop? And I looked at the head writer who was sweating. Are you going to have a lollipop? <laughs> I looked at his agent or manager in a powder blue suit from like literally cryogenically frozen from like the 70s. <laughs> Are you going to have a lollipop? And then I giggled and I was like, mm, I'm okay. And I giggled thinking like everybody would get that it's like a weird thing to ask. It's just the thing that bothered me was that. It Do you think he was trying to embarrass you or. I think he just didn't think that I would like be in on the joke. I don't know if it's a joke or what. Do you what? think he was joking? I don't know what men talk about in rooms I'm not in. But if it's, I don't know. I don't know what his sense, I mean, I know what his sense of humor is. I don't think that they there were like. There are these little power I don't power think that moves. there was like a conspiracy. I don't think it was consciously consp- or conspiratorial. It was childish, that, but you don't get to do that if you're the boss. It's- if you're the boss who had a sex scandal a year ago with someone who looks like me. <laughs> that's all it was. That's I was just, just, like, that's just- I came in being like. <laughs> You know, but and, and so to your point, no, I never I had one interaction with him. I ran into him in the elevator. But like he wasn't in the writer's room. He wouldn't He didn't even go to rehearsal. It was like weekend at Bernie's. He was like this dead person <laughs> who had a show that he was checked out of and he didn't even go to rehearsals. And so um, you know, I the jokes that I was getting on were top tens, which he looked at, and these like little tosses to the like the first thing I got on was like, so they do like um Weird introductions they would do uh, where the first one I got on was, 
And now, please welcome second wave feminist Marxist Dave Letterman. And like he thought that that was funny in 2011. And that was one of my first day. They were like, what are some intros for Dave? He he picks them himself every day. He does a new weird quirky intro. So that was my first one that got on. And then I would get the top tens on because he would look at those directly. And those were just jokes. Now with um, sketches, there were so many other people between me and him that I just it was so political to get a sketch on. And I didn't realize until... There's this weird period of drama where the two head writers left and this guy, Matt Roberts, came in to be the head writer and I got a sketch on and it was, it's still, I can send you the clip. It was like, it was around Mardi Gras. Chris Christie, Chris Christie was giving a speech against gay marriage. Dave, don't quote me, had thought like fat jokes were funny back then. So, and I, I wasn't a fat joke person, but Chris Christie felt like I was punching up because he was like anti-gay marriage. So it was a sketch where he's giving the speech. The actual Chris Christie is like very solitary and still when he talks. So it was really easy to be able to do this. Now it would be called a deep fake. But we got this body double who was this guy who had Christie's body type. Put him in front of a green screen. And we had him, you know, just stand there. And then like at one point. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And he flashes everyone. He flashes everybody. But it really looked like Chris Christie. He got paid well, SAG. Uh I'm terrible. But we got Chris Christie. It looked like Chris Christie was saying marriage should be between a man and a woman and flashed everybody. Right. So it was like this very effective anti-Christie, you know, pro-gay marriage segment. Yeah. And Dave loved the image of Christie flashing everybody that for months and months later, having nothing to do with Mardi Gras, having nothing to do with Chris Christie giving a speech, he would just show that image. And I got like, I just got residual checks for years after I left the show just because he kept using that little bro thing of of Christie. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. But it was, it just was because it tickled him, Chris Christie flashing people. He, like, Dave, I, I, this is so silly. Like, I'm, I'm, the more serious the world, the, the, uh, our trials and tribulations get. <laughs> really quickly, sorry, I thought Pat was sleeping, but it's the dog. <laughs> <laughs> you heard snoring? <laughs> because we're just talking shop. We're not, like, like two we, lassies the, talking about how hard it is. The stalkers aren't, like, like, you know, we're not, we haven't even got, you know, I don't know, like, how much of the first, like, 20 minutes of this podcast is going to be entertaining to, like, your stalkers who are just, like, waiting to beat off. They're just, like, waiting. They're just sitting there, like, holding their dicks, like, me. I know I don't want to talk about this. So is Jenna going to suck on the lollipop or not? <laughs> Where's the fucking lollipop? Let's go, dum-dum. Um, that's so funny. Um, I forgot my train of thought. I did hear, though, speaking of stalkers, that um, someone that uh, worked there as a uh, page, which I still unclear of what that job even is but everyone uh, unpaid intern or paid intern yeah it's just the um they uh, uh that he has a show a year for just his stalkers to like manage them what like because like when when people are he thinking- did get he his office wasn't on our floor anymore we were 14 he was 13 and he had like uh the security was crazy because he Probably had like stalkers who had worked for him. And it's not even like a <laughs> toe, that's a big thing. But like a lot of times when these people have these parasocial relationships with celebrities, mm-hmm. they're not necessarily gonna do you harm, but they they think they need to protect you. They think they're yeah. married to you. Yeah. And a lot of the um uh Gavin DeBecker types or security types, they go like, you know, if you can manage them and they get to see you once a year, they have something to look forward to, right. they get to stay in their 
reality, yeah. uh, whatever simulation they've created, and they come and they leave, and that's how you keep them at bay. Mm-hmm. And it was like, uh, I think the idea was that once a year, everyone that thinks they're married to him comes to the show. And then like a stalker palooza. <laughs> really? I didn't Stalk-chella. know about that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, and then, so they have because it's like some people that have this fantasy intrigue, this fantasy addiction. Yeah. It's really like they need something to look forward to. They don't want to be in a relationship with an actual person. Right. They pick someone that's parasocial, project onto them, and then they're it's all internal and in their head yeah and then they look forward to it they're but now with the streamers and so much content (laughs) the stalkers are just like what who do i who do i I don't know how to there's just two i'm I'm, they're polygamous now they're they're parasocially polygamous um uh so what working with sasha baron cohen i have a friend that used to work with him uh i i want to ask um first of all did you like take anything big from him like just in terms of what to learn i'm big on being mansplained i'm big on learning from men they do know a lot people are like i don't want to be mansplained i'm I'm like well please mansplain me because you have the information yeah give it to me did you learn a lot from him? yeah i mean working for sasha i it was very recently and i'd already done so much stuff in that kind of prank space i but that is that type of stuff is my dream scenario and the period dance is a good example of something where, you know, we, our generation of female comics, we were not, I personally didn't feel like I was encouraged to like joke about periods. I know that we had talked about this once where you felt differently. I just didn't think periods were like a thing that I would ever see in like a major motion picture. I'm so, uh, I, I don't remember what the conversation was that we had about it. I don't talk, I just, I've been on birth control for so long that I, I don't yeah, have any okay. jokes about periods because yeah. I haven't had them in so long. Cause- but the women in like the 80s like would joke about periods. And so then our, then, or like even, and then there were like the stand-up comedy just kind of, I don't know, there weren't a lot. Maybe the women of like 80s, 90s joking about it. Or I just picture like, Shoulder pads. I don't know if Elaine Boozler even joked about that because mm. Elaine Boozler was so funny. I remember I watched her White House Correspondence Center speech a little while ago when Ooh. Michelle Wolf was getting shit. And I was like, this was just as edgy and funny. And we, I think we have a tendency to forget the women who came before us or, or in our culture, just forget history and that things have, people have already done this shit That's before. right. Um, but anyway, back to the Sasha thing. I, I loved being able to like, pitch an idea and then have him not only like run with it and make it better, but have people actually see it. Like so much of the stuff that I do self-focus, nobody sees it. Mm-hmm. If a tree falls in the woods and the woods is a, you know, like quibby. niche, quibby, <laughs> CISO, my specials on CISO, you know, like. Don't even. Streaming show doesn't make a sound. Is no. There, I want to uh, ask um, about the Sasha thing. I just am fascinated by people that have made their own like war empires. You know, Sasha seems like he's got, he does his own thing. He doesn't need anyone. He's so self-sustaining and self mm-hmm. um, generating, mm-hmm. you know? And I always want to like learn from those. It's people. a village. He has a lot of really great people around him. Really, really great people. It's really hard to do that. It's hard to, to, I mean, I can't, I don't know how much I can talk about. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he, they're really incredible producers working with him. Something you do so brilliantly, which I did the show Punked, which is like a prank show, but you have a level of bravery that when you're interviewing people for Indefensible uh, and the work you did with Sasha Baron Cohen of putting people on camera that are not actors, 
right. and getting something out of them. You know, what have you learned about human nature? It's a combination of everybody is the hero in their own story and they want to be heard. Yep. And then I do think people just underestimate me because no one knows who I am in a good way. But also I just I'm like this random like blonde white lady. I don't think they think I'm, you know, thinking about how they don't to... think that there's any surreptitious motives or like, yeah, they're, they feel so comfortable that yeah. you're not going to fuck with them or just I wouldn't even say fuck with because I really, really try in all the videos like I don't take people out of context ever. If someone says, like, my favorite color is blue, I'll never change it to my favorite color is green. And I mean that on, like, a real level in terms of the stuff we're talking about because it's heavy stuff. And I have a lot of integrity in the process. Um, I don't – I don't – I'm not – I don't um, deceive people. Right. Um, but I think that – yeah, I think it's a combination of them just not thinking that I'm, like, up on what I'm up – I mean, I, I have a there – a, there was a thing in Indefensible where this guy sat across from me. And I just po- posted it on TikTok, but it really, it really sounds like Pat is snoring. I'm but, sorry. Um, no, now Frank is now in. I'm sorry. My dog is now in a dream where he's growling at someone. It's great, Frank. Fine. This is like. I'm no, just, it's good. It's good. Apologies. Um, it's fine. But uh, he, yeah, this guy Scott Saffon at HLN. The piece is about Casey Anthony, and it also is a large. Which, by the way, you know that when that was happening, she had her show on. Oh, I had a couple feelers put out towards me about playing her you did uh-huh she's the brunette right the drown her kid allegedly but oh, not but I not have umbrella insurance no but not because she was not found guilty <clears throat> oh wait <clears throat> is she the one yeah people everyone thought i looked like her what would you want to that that's so interesting yeah I feel like you'd make a good case. I agree. I'm like very ready to play. I'm I'm holding out for playing. Is Gawain. it <laughs> Maxwell? I mean, it's yeah. It's... Now I can't unsee it. I know. <laughs> Gosh, the Casey Casey Anthony story is fascinating. I mean, it's not fascinating. She currently currently current, but um, just the media around it, the media hoopla around it. I So I talked to this guy, Scott Sa- Safon, who was the producer of Nancy Grace. I think she was mentioned on Nancy Grace like over 100 times. And it was just like this funny bit where he had no idea who I was and I kind of had fun with that. <laughs> but that's not as interesting as the fact that Casey Anthony, um, our episode of Indefensible, I learned that um, her defense was essentially like crowdsourced and paid for by CBS. It was paid for by CBS. They, It's a whole long story. It's on the episode. But, um, yeah, her defense had access to, like, a mock jury of people who um, had all the information on her case and were just kind of wondering how what went down. And they were like, well, maybe it was an accidental drowning and her dad seems suspicious and maybe he's involved. And her defense watched this. Allegedly, I will get sued if I say it happened. Um, and then was able to form the defense that it was like an accidental drowning. How have you just netted out in terms of your faith in the legal system after making the show indefensible? It's about sort of, you know, can you just explain in two sentences? The show is kind of like The Daily Show meets Dateline. Um, but instead of it being true crime, because it was originally a true crime show and I don't, I'm not, I don't love true crime. It's like we're, we're using true crime as like a Trojan horse to get people who watch true crime a lot of white women. <laughs> I was more less interested in like, oh, this person got murdered. Then how did how did their how does this keep happening? How do killers? How are people not brought to justice? But also, how are people wrongfully convicted? Just the system mm-hmm. I thought was more interesting. 
because I do think we're at like a peak true crime and it's just gratuitous and it just creeps me out. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, how do I kind of do something that doesn't feel as dirty? Well, if I can educate people as to the flaws in the system, maybe that'll help inform, you know, if they ever end up on a jury, don't necessarily believe this expert witness. He's being paid by de- the defense. He could be that full is of so shit. crazy. Yeah. Don't like necessarily believe like the, you know, the whatever. I don't know. But the prosecutor's take on something you know it's so weird it's like i think hollywood is so obsessed with uh legal shows true crime and stuff i did my first legal show yeah you helped me navigate that the fox show (laughs) and it's funny because like doing a legal show for the first time i kind of was like and you get into it you're like courtrooms real courtrooms are so much more bullshit dramatic acting it's theater than ho- it's theater it's really it's it's really theater You're like to the, the point where like the community the, theater though it's community like, theater the attorneys dress certain way like the defense attorneys can dress like crazy but it's not even good but actors like people that get attention a lot or get to be on tv they're wearing sweatpants they're kind of just what they get their um box checked in terms of getting the attention they need they get that satisfaction whatever drives them you're like, oh, these are, this is, these are, this is the Super Bowl for these people. Like, they're, this is their moment to shine. They're acting. I mean, they use props. Like, in in Florida, when we talked to a defense attorney, he was talking about how he used, um, he, like, uh, I don't know if they're, like, 3D gla- glasses or just that they, that they were using actually, like, uh, what's it called? I'm sorry, my brain is so fried right now. Like VR goggles? VR, VR goggles for, um for the jury so that they could see things about the crime. It's, it's completely theatrical. It's kind of fascinating to me because it's like I, I look at court cases and I'm like, now this is acting. Yeah. You know? They're acting, It's yeah. so manipulative and yeah. so it's just like- Yeah, it, and it expert just, witnesses are often problematic. This is science that they'll use in a courtroom and a lot of times it's junk science. DNA is one of the only ones that are that is pretty consistent, but like bite marks, blood spatter, all that is, it's, it's not- based on science and shaking baby syndrome apparently that's like not really a thing but they end up but shaking babies there there's like this i don't want to get too into it (laughs) but there are all these things that um prosecutors will say oh the the way that the blood spattered on the wall indicates this and and it's it's not actually scientific like there's no um there's no scientific community that says like oh this science can exist in a courtroom. There's no barrier to entry. Mm. So um, a lot of junk science is being debunked, but a lot of it also is allowed in a courtroom. And even if somebody says this is faulty, it's that whole adage like you can't unring a bell. If a jury yeah. hears, hears it, right, right. Oh, the dog smelled that that guy was the murderer. Yeah. It's hard for them to unhear that. And then it's uh, filtering through their experience of yeah. like that tracks. And I kind of want to go home and I don't want to be, you know, yeah, very much longer. And so there, so those are things that when you hear about that, as someone who doesn't really know about the legal system because I wasn't really in it, I've never really. Have you ever been on a jury? No, I almost got jury duty once. Yeah. And then I didn't get it. Why are we so against it? Like, why are we like, oh, jury duty? I mean, I'm like chomping at the bit to be on a jury. Well, it depends on the case. If it's a really boring medical malpractice case and it lasts months and months and you're paid like no um, money, it's probably really annoying. Apparently, um, uh, but if it's like Donald Trump versus you know, like E. Jean Carroll. Apparently, you know? um, that, uh, well, I would never be allowed on a jury. Apparently, um, uh, Catherine Keener went down, uh, 
she was working on some movie. It might have been where the wild things are. Like they had to push production. She went down and she, got, she got on jury. a jury and she oh she was like for like four months oh or something, God. which is just so crazy. I'm like, I'm fascinated by the idea, but I think if you're a public figure, they don't let you. They're not gonna let me because I have a true crime. Yeah, show. you <laughs> I just I know too much. They're not gonna let me on the jury. They, I just want I just know too much. They want low information jurors. That's who they want. They want people that they can persuade. Do you think that the legal system, if you could change anything about it right now, magic wand, what would you change? With the legal system, it really is like if you have money, you are insulated from a lot of yep. inju- injustice. So be rich. Have, if you, have money. To, general yeah, rule. The system is very unfair towards people who have money, which I think everybody knows. Yeah. But people on juries should think about that when they get when they when they get into the jury booth. Can I ask from your? Because I first became. Is it a booth? <laughs> bucket. Yeah, it's a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> I went from being uh, insanely jealous of you. To being what? an insane oh, cause I, fan now you have of a yours. kid and you don't. You, what? No, that's when your um, Ted and Gracie was it called right. the YouTube series you did right. about Ted Bundy. Yeah, and um, but then nothing ever happened with that. So then I stopped being jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I went from being so jealous because you had so much potential, and once then... I realized you got a cease and desist from the New York Times, <laughs> I was like, I love her. This is being taken down. We'll be just fine. Mm. What was when you got the cease and desist from the New York Times? What? Because you, she was parodying the uh, they used their to, wedding videos. They used to do these wedding videos yeah. that were, you know, very silly. It's a deep di- cut. This is a deep cut. Uh, I'm obsessed with this uh, this Thanks. series that you did. Uh, yeah, they they just didn't like that we took their trademark. So then we put. But why? What? Well, it was it wasn't even that we parodied them. It was that we literally just took their trademark, and people thought that it was a real video, and that was the intent of it. Because they had. Why is everyone such a dork? I know. Mm-hmm. New well, York Times, they, aren't your viewers supposed to be the smart enough to know? But like the trademark attorney was like, "This is all I fight for," you know. And I'm like, I get it. We we did the one thing, you know. We literally took like the trademark and just put it on the screen. So. We just did the thing that, you know, it's supposed to do with the trademark. That's what that was about. There's something going on with Ted. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I, I feel like he's acting like a different person. And can I ask you, in, in your, you of anyone I know probably knows the most about murderers and people that get murdered. What is the common denominator in uh, murderers and women that get murdered? Or the people who get murdered? Mm-hmm. Like, is there a is there like is there a, a way to not get murdered? Is that what is you're asking? Is there a consistent pattern of, you know, whether it's drugs, whether it's the, you know, like red flags, and how do you know someone's a psychopath? Is there a like a consistent thing you keep seeing that's like, oh, there it is, the ice pick. There it is. She was a cheerleader. There it is. She didn't have any I parents. I think that when you're first in a relationship, we've talked about this. We talked about like the idea of like love bombing. Mm-hmm. Like watch out for those kind of narcissistic gestures or or uh, kind of over the c- control. When when a lot of people who are murdered are murdered by people they know and love. And a lot of women who are murdered by murder are murdered by their partners. Do you think murderers have always been murderers? Like, do you think murderers are psychopaths? That, like, they're born and they're going to murder someone in their lifetime regardless? No. I mean, I don't know. Do you have control? Like, I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. All I know is that um, when you are in relationships, like, abuse doesn't happen overnight. It starts kind of with grandiose gestures and then 
controlling type tactics. Where are you going? What are you, you know, I'm very, I'm too sensitive to that. Like I really, when I was like dating, if somebody was like, what? I'm like, what are you doing next week? I'm like, you're controlling. Well, see, <laughs> because that I think is, I'm so toxic because that to me, is that's hot to me. You know, well, that was a dumb. I was like just making a joke, but like if somebody like tracks your movements on your phone, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, let's have each other's like find lo- lo- location on each other's phone. Like they're just like kind of controlly red flags that can kind of get, then you can kind of be in situations you want to be in. That and then like the financial so control pretty. type stuff. Like what you were talking about earlier, you know, I think. Well, yes, we were talking about. I think a lot of abuse. It's like if if women are, you know, empowered financially to leave situations, then they'll have a easier time out of them. But yeah, I mean, every episode of that show touched on a different topic. One of the hardest ones was the idea of like the um, criminalized survivors, like people who kill their abusers, then getting life in prison. That was a really tough episode because they did something wrong, but they, in a lot of cases, really had no other choice. And the system didn't, there's no nuance in the system to like see them as, it's like once you're a defendant, here's something I learned. Once you're a defendant, a criminal defendant, you are seen as a defendant. There's like very little nuance there of, you know, the circumstances around why you committed a certain crime or why you acted the way you did. Are there any jokes that you uh, like are feeling weird about? I want to, I really, this podcast, like, and you're you, so worth doing. Um, I'm so sick of bombing on a podcast. Like I, I, I just sometimes I'm just like, oh, I just want to like be funny. So. Oh, no, no. I know. So today we're both, I think we're both tired. Um, are you doing more press? How, like when does oh, press end with a book? So my, I don't know how books work. I mean, you would know better than I do. I'm doing. Uh, I really wouldn't. My book came out on the day of the Vegas shooting. Mm. So I was like that we picked this week where no but other. But everyone's book is going to come out on the day of a shooting. Yeah, <laughs> so true. But this was it's a big one. This was a big one. And I was in like I remember I was in New York. I was in like hair and makeup at, you know, 4 a.m. about to do the Today Show. And it was just like 50 people. Oh, God. That, you know, that one. I we should just talk about this. On was the it literally? Am I exaggerating? Well, no, that guy, Stephen Paddock, maybe was his name. The killer. Yeah. Um, I think it was Stephen Paddock or something. They still don't really have that. Was like a lone gunman, white guy shooter. Stephen Paddock, sixty-four year old man, from and the they state. just never like he was like had no red flags. That fifty-eight one, people. Yeah, he just sniper. He just like barricaded at himself. a country music festival. Yeah, because I kind of go like when I wrote my book, I kind of was like, I guess books are over now or something. But I yeah. feel like there's a people are so maxed out on their screen. They're so maxed out on these like little like tiny bits of information. There's something just like so. I don't know, refreshing about just being like, I'm going to read a book and like thoroughly be And not immersed. be on your phone. It's really, I, I mean, I've been reading books lately and it actually, it's like, oh, I can just put my phone away and just like kind of like go into some other world. But you're also like comedians books are the perfect ones, I think, for our brains right now because also you are like jokes per minute is just every sentence is like a brilliant tweet. Like what? you. Well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even like go through the script and punch it up because I was like, I sent in the final draft when I was like getting into production on the true crime show. But I, I, I like it. It's not, it's not. It is funny. What <laughs> is that? Is it just cause I no, mean, that's it's a very, not, not, it's not not funny. It's right. not, not funny, but it's not like, I'm not like trying to be like David Sedaris is my point. I'm not trying to be like, right. Right. You know, I'm like, but I just don't think, I think you and I uh, were similar in this way that I don't know what's funny about people. 
when I'm being dead serious, people laugh. I've never told a joke in my life. That's my whole thing. Is it's like I'm I'm you serious. You are very funny, but I'm not. I think sometimes you're not trying to be funny. This is inherently funny because you're thank you. But a I'm not. I wasn't trying to be trying funny. To do comedy. It's funny. Yeah. That my friend was like, don't underestimate how funny people think misogyny is. Yeah. <laughs> don't underestimate how funny it is that you think women's pain. But the, the fact this that book you is thought not about this that. was a career path is hilarious. The fact yeah, that you the fact and I that both you, thought. That we thought, that's funny. The fact that you and I both thought that you could dream, that you could actually get paid. A talking for an hour was, was, a, thing, was a business. Was it? Yeah. Is pretty funny. I do. Oh God, there's so much more I want to talk. But when I like finished this, I was like, wow, like, because it's f- past 15 years. I'm like, that was really hard. I I, don't, I can't believe I, I'm still doing this. You know what I mean? Like when you just kind of document these stories, like I don't mention his name. But like how he had this unwritten rule where he if, was a booker for a big the booker festival. for Montreal. If you are, if you he audition, wore a fedora, if he wore helps. a fedora. If you audition, <laughs> when with, you, you're going to tell, I mean, I guess you would know more about comedy than me. <laughs> he wore you, a fedora around hundreds of comedians at a time. Like that is a level of confidence. But if you, that, so if you're a female comic and you wore high heeled boots on stage in an audition, it's an automatic unwritten rule that you like are not going to get that. Uh, that can you imagine audition. what would happen if I wore a fedora? <laughs> can you imagine what would happen? I, I, I you would not get assaulted. Yeah, I was just, I mean, that's the only. You would one. not get harassed. By the, the way, cup. I was just saying. Maybe like, we need to be wearing maces fedoras. out. Just wear a fedora down the street. No one will. No one will be. <laughs> but also, it's like I dyed my hair blue, and people thought I was on meth. Yeah. So to wear a fedora, I can't even imagine. But it was just like the idea of like, oh, wow, there were these people that were these gatekeepers that had tremendous power over our career success and our ability to survive and pay rent and make a living. And they would write you off for an arbitrary reason, like wearing shoes that they like didn't want you to wear. That happened? You were wearing? It was an unwritten rule that I've talked to other female comics that, that I mean, I, yes, me, but a lot of other people. Yeah. You, it was just a thing. He would tune out if you wore high-heeled boots on stage. He just wouldn't. He just like didn't take you seriously. Oh. That was just I mean, one of many, many from things. Someone in that a was fedora. The, I know, but that was the thing that we found out about. Think about like I, I don't even know where that came How from. How dare but, you? But you know there I mean? are so, is but so there are people. Un- there are gatekeepers at every step. That because our industry is unregulated, there's no like human resources. There were there are people that just write you off for asinine reasons more yeah, yeah, so than course. in other industries. It's it's all subjective. It's, it's all so about subjective. your relationships. And it's, it's not a lot quantitative. of people that are damaged, and a lot of people that you know were out here uh, advertising. And it's are not just the men. There are like women gatekeepers too, and they no want to be been meaner to me in this business than, than women. women. Comedy Central. There was a show called Live at Gotham. I mentioned them in the book too, but I don't say their names. Okay, but I but I know exactly the show you're talking. Uh, 140 comics, 140 comics were booked. I did a set. I'm not saying I was the funniest comedian on the planet at the time, whatever it was, 13, 14 years ago. I want to find the statistic that I found for you, but keep... 13, 14 years ago, drive out to Brea Improv, drive two hours, do my set. 140 comedians got live at Gotham. I did not. And then six months later, I did the roast of Joan Rivers, and they gave me a... And a they were three nice roast deal and an hour special and a thing for a series, but it was like six months earlier. The three women at Comedy Central were not. I mean, it's like so. I'm, not I'm the trying person. to find. Like I actually went through and I can't. I'm not going to be able to find it. But the com. Did you ever get like a Comedy Central presents? Uh, yes, I did an hour. They and then they came to me and they said, uh, "We'll give you a half hour." I was like, "You're going to give me an hour," because. 
Good for you. Like how, like it was just so, there was a time though where a lot of the people that ran comedy or made big decisions, they were kind of just women that wanted to be friends with comics. They would come hang out at the clubs. They would be at festivals, hanging out with the comics, like flirting. And you're just like, what are you, is this a business or not? I'm here to fucking like make something of myself. And I don't know how to, you know, it's funny because I've been accused so much of like Whitney's ambitious and she networks. I'm like, I feel like I'm the only person that doesn't. I'm like here, I got my notebook. I want, I'm not like hanging out with people. I don't do well socially. I was like, if I have to socialize my way to being successful in comedy, like I'm never going to make it, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, you like, I have to be friends with the booker of Montreal in order to get a thing. Like it's just not. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to, I, I'm sorry. I'm like not, I'm not prepared Whitney, but um, yeah, to your point about people calling you ambitious. I remember when I first got into comedy in Chicago, I, uh, oh, here it is. I um, handed one of the women at Comedy Central my card because she'd seen me on, on an audition. And I got so much shit from the guy comics in Chicago for like, oh, you're so ambitious. I'm like, I'm just trying to pay my rent doing this thing I love that's really hard to do. Ambitious? Like, whatever, who's not? And who's like, not? And it's like, yeah, because I'm not like getting wasted with you guys. Like, yeah, after I'm shows. not here to like get girls to want to fuck me. I'm like literally, ch- I just take this seriously. I, yeah, it's weird because there's this. I look yeah. back and everyone's like, "How you made you were so successful." I was like, I, "Is that true?" I kind of just didn't smoke weed and play video games all day. I just treated it like a serious job. Yeah, you know. And I think that as a female, I guess at the it's time, threatening and weird if you like know what you want to do and you're doing it. I mean, well, I just knew how long it took. I went all the greats like Rodney Dangerfield didn't make it till 60. I remember yeah. going like, I can't wait that long. Like, I'm yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone's going to want to see a 60 year old woman yeah. talking about her pussy. Like, I just like knew and I was poor. Like, I yeah. had to get successful and yeah. I had to figure out like I gave myself like a couple years to get like some kind of carrot to stay encouraged. And I was like, I'm just going to. You know, a lot a lot of people that get into comedy and acting and, and writing, like, they have some rich parent shit. They've got a trust fund. I didn't have yeah. any of that. I had, like, when I was, like, at my, like, lowest income-wise, I had, like, three grandparents die within, like, a year. And it wasn't, like, it wasn't enough money, but there was this thing I write about in the book, How I Fainted and I Broke Through Teeth from Smoking Pot. And I, like, my grandpa died and he left me. I it was a $10,000 savings bond. And it was, like... It had a, matured, and the amount that it matured to was the exact amount it cost to fix my three front teeth. Whoa. Because, yeah, the dental insurance doesn't cover it. Um, and I, I just had always felt like it was like his ghost, like strangling me to like get a real job. But, <laughs> but wait, you smoked weed and fell and broke your I was, teeth? I had, I fainted on like an empty stomach. I had like smoked weed and I had like two glasses of wine. I fainted right there when I had my first edible over the pandemic. Okay, so hit my head and I still have a bump. I still have a bump there. Yeah, you get it. But anyway, but that that's a weird story. That was like edibles. You guys, they it's not been they're go back to the draw. They're not ready for market. Um, this isn't like a harrowing statistic or anything, but I did. I was curious about like Comedy Central specials, um, and I found like just between a three year period, two thousand eight and two thousand eleven, of eighty eight comics given comedy specials on that channel, Comedy Central. Only ten were women, and that's so. That's a little. That's like between like one ninth and one one and eight. But mm-hmm. and people will say there weren't that many women working, but that at, I have always found that to be false. There were so many women, and we know those were different ones. It wasn't the same one twice or anything. Same, what like do you the same, the same, like Wanda Sykes having two. No, there were ten. There were there were like eight or whatever that. Because I don't even think I could name. I don't even know if I could name them. Maybe it was like like a half half hours hours Comedy that? Central presents specials. I think it was I think it was half hour, hour? Was hour? It? or maybe it was half hours. It maybe was it was half hours, but it was like ten women over three years. Which, by the way, I think we should go back to half hours. 
I want to yeah. do my next special as a half hour. I think people's like attention span, you know, I think that, or you can just go like, I'll do an hour every two years and a half hour. Cause there's some things that I'm kind of yeah. like, I don't want to keep talking about this for the next. But I do want to say that, um, you're done. Uh, By the I don't way, every, you know that all these people, they're going to listen to this and they're going to think you're talking about someone else. These narcissists, yeah. delusional narcissists are well, like, oh, there were women that didn't help everybody, her. Everybody like, everybody's talking about this shit now. Sarah Schaefer has a really, really funny live show called going up where she like just talks about, she talks about this thing. I don't want to, spoil her joke but she makes an allusion to Jeff Singer I did a book show in New York where uh, Joyelle Johnson just got on stage and like talked about her and experience with him and it's like all these pe- women that you guys if like if you didn't want us to talk shit about you don't you should like have behaved shit. better yeah why do we have to get treated like shit by you and then we have to but it's keep like your over secrets like forever. the past like 15 years or whatever or 20 years of like all these you like, don't get wh- to wear a fedora for 20 years <laughs> and get away with it if you're going to mistreat people, you it better be in a Kangol golf hat. A fed, the arrogance. You know how much more it hurts when someone rejects you in a fedora? An <laughs> indoor fedora? Did you pa- Do you pack the fedora in the bag or do you wear it on the plane? Because yeah. you. This get, is why they hate us. There was different. There was They're like a afraid. different fedora. You were pa- do you have a hat box? Like, I just. How dare you? It's just like insult yeah. to injury. But you think it's just you. That's the other thing. It's like we think we're just the only ones going through this experience, but we're all going through but it. But also booking, a, it's the same thing with the intimacy coordinator. There's all these jobs that you're kind of like, how do you get this? How do you get the job of deciding what comedian's funny? You've never been a comedian. Do you how do from, people get intimacy coordinator jobs? It's a, it's a two-year-old job. So they're either coming from HR. I, anyone who's like, I'd be good at this, I, that's the person I would not trust. Like on a completely, well, I don't want to. So I've had intimacy coordinators, and I'm like, what were you doing two years ago before this job existed at all? How, what are your quali- Wait, what are their qualifications? Because when I did a really brutal rape scene in the Fox right, show, right, right. two of them were actually stunt coordinators because we treated it like a stunt. And then they take like a life, a class. Which I really appreciated cool. okay. is that it was stunt coordinators. We treated it like a stunt. It wasn't something sexual. Right. That makes perfect sense. This is the first time I've ever done a sex scene. But it, I just picture like a man with a ponytail and like a turtle like being like, I'm an intimacy coordinator. And you're like, no. <laughs> I No. The couple times I've had them, one time it was with Brett Goldstein on a pilot. And the intimacy coordinator came up with a Ziploc bag with gum and mints and was like, mm. how are you guys doing? We were like, uh, fine until you tried to. Yeah, like a puppet. It was just like a weird, like our breath. It's too much. It's too Stop much. trying to make us a try. It was like, it felt. Um, like creepy. Like a like a surrogate. Like a You guys like aren't a, kissing enough. Do you need a yeah. mint? Like, yeah. I don't know. That's weird. Because sometimes like when you're in that situation, you kind of just have to. It gets more awkward when someone else tries to make it less awkward. But then you're in situations where it is kind of feels like a freebie and you're kind of like, let's just, you know, no one has sex in a movie as a character differently. You're doing it the way you would actually do it. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And then there's always like the joke that's like, I mean, wouldn't it be worse if I don't get a boner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, it would bummer, whatever. There's that, that. But uh, the intimacy coordinator I had in Toronto for the Fox show, she was great because she kind of just like was a, she would just come in uh, when like um, to go like, do you need anything? Like they said they didn't she didn't do it in front of us. But I remember I was trying so hard to make the guy feel comfortable that I was like, oh, it's fine. You know, like you're not going to get a boner. Like I'll just talk I was just making jokes or something he had a girlfriend I had a guy I was just sort of being like no it's fine yeah, I'm yeah, numb yeah, yeah, like yeah. Um, 
my friends are female or male. Yeah. My friends are male comics. I, you can pull your dick out. Like, I'm like, just, yeah. and she pulled me aside and she's like, hey, um, so it's just the jokes. Like, you know, if we could take that down a little. Yeah, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. no, I just want you to know I'm I'm fine. Like, I am totally comfortable. She's like, um, but he's not. It's more for the, the men. <laughs> he's going to quit. Everyone else is like, you, you're like, we know you're fine, but you can't. They're nervous. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm like, it's fine. Rate me. <laughs> if I haven't come forward now, let's be honest. Will I? Like, it's, you know, it'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, force yourself to rate me on camera. It's the only way I can come. I, I was just being so, I was trying to make everyone <laughs> not worry about me, but I was making it so much worse. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, sorry, just, you know, that's not, I'm not wet. That's just sweat. I'm swampy. Like, I just, it was not good. You know what I mean? Like, you're a dream. Even it's, it is, it is, if you've not, if you've taken anything from today is that even the most talented, successful people feel like a failure, even when things are going well. And if, and I should have like 70 times the self-awareness and shame that you have when you're on a podcast thinking you're not. Most of the time I'm like, I can't remember anything I'm saying. Anyway, nailed that. <laughs> I'll walk out here and be like, nailed it. And you're like, I, I can't remember what I was going to say. I'm like, yeah, that's this podcast. Just me trying Aww. to remember what I was going to say. <laughs> and me trying to get my dog to not make so much noise. That, that was so, it just sounds like there's a man. How funny would it be? It sounds like, or like Pat, Pat's just like asleep. <laughs> just like, I know there's, by the way, this is the, the, the uh, maybe uh, the thing. It's like that, a snoring, like a that slow. keeps me the most humble. When I'm in here, like trying to be funny, it just, <laughs> Frank is like, <laughs> like fair. And then the other thing is I have like a cricket problem. I have crickets in my house everywhere, which as a comedian is just the most it's fucked triggering. Up. It's gotta yeah. be triggering. I literally, I'll like, I'll start, you have to be on all the time. No, I'll literally write a joke and I'll hear, and I'm like, fuck you. It is so rude. Like, I'm hearing actual crickets every day that I'm trying. I'm just like, I hope my fucking ducks eat you. That's funny. Um, I love you madly. Oh, thank um, you for coming all the way out here. Thank you for having me. I don't, I try to pretend it's not all the way out. Remember, because I don't want people to know where you live. I don't, dude, I accidentally posted my home address on OnlyFans. And guess what? Mo I got tons of DMs going, you got to take that down. Your home, like OnlyFans yeah, yeah, yeah. is a crew of people. Like they're cool. They want to pay women. They want to support yeah, them. Yeah. It's, it's. That's cool. De it's devastating. The, the difference between OnlyFans DMs and Instagram and Twitter DMs are shocking. Yeah. They were like, that was really great. Like, thank you so much. And then they'll send like a tip. I'm like, stop tipping me. Like I didn't, they want to participate in your success. And it's like this really sweet group of people that's like, like, they're not like, I'm just gonna go to Instagram and get that ass for free. Twitter has full on porn. You can, you don't yeah. have to go to OnlyFans. Yeah. Like these are no, people I that know. get Same off on Instagram for sure. These are people that get off on helping teachers get school supplies. It's weird. <laughs> and then I posted, remember, cause I got a home line, uh, a landline. And I posted on Instagram the photo of the phone being like, just got a landline. And they could, could they well, it had the number written on the phone. You know oh, how there's right, like a right, little, right. like a plastic strip that has the phone number on it. And I posted it and like, like 30 seconds later it rang. And I was like, that was weird. I just took a photo of it. And I was like, hello. And <laughs> no, so I was like, hi, I'm calling because Whitney just posted her phone number. I, I, I just and I just want you to know like not you should to do that. <laughs> I, 
great. This is making me feel awful because that didn't happen. Like, I posted my home address. I'm like the good Samaritan masturbator. I literally <laughs> posted my home address. No one showed up to murder me or rape me. Not one, mm -hmm. the exact location, nothing. I post my phone number and people are just like, you might want to take that down. Yeah. You idiot. Like, they're just, yeah, like. Yeah, it only takes one. I don't, I don't. <laughs> No one wants to kill. I don't know what to tell you. Only fans. I'm not worth going to jail for, Jenna. You're yeah. blonde. You are. I'm. Ne no one wants to kill me. They won't get famous. I'm not getting on Nancy Grace. Does Nancy Grace still have her show? I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't think so. I just feel like she only cares if blonde girls get kidnapped. Yeah, I. I mean, she's definitely not a good. She's definitely very problematic. But I saw her on Dancing with the Stars, and I don't know what it was, but I just like she was on Dancing with the Stars. She was on Dancing with the Stars, and I just was like, I saw her humanity in this like way, like as like this kind of like I saw her vulnerability. Well, she dedicated her life to trying to get kids found. And her, her like was it her fiance or someone was murdered? There's like whole story. Her fiance was a murderer. Murdered. There's someone who was murdered. murdered. Oh, that'll yeah. get you. Or like her partner. I don't know what the relationship status was. Uh, I just think if someone's loud and Southern, you just, people hate them. Or love them. Or love them. Mm -hmm. But hookworm epidemic, look it up. Part of why we think mm -hmm. um, Southerners are stupid. Because they get hook, hookworm back in the day. Also lead poison, like, and just like a lot. diesel. Yeah, people like, yeah. people in the South are dumb. It's like, yeah, well, They've got DuPont, DuPont, poured Teflon chemicals right, into the right, water. Right, what did you, right, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. What did you think was gonna happen? In the hookworm epidemic, they eat your brain, you know? I think it was FDR, or no, it was Vanderbilt. It was actually private, uh, uh, privately um, uh, health hookworm. I love how we're not worm. saying they're not dumb. We're just saying why. No, I think, <laughs> dude, Southern wisdom is something that is very much missing in society today. It's, it's common sense. It's like when I see someone cut a fun. cake with yeah. a knife, I'm like, what are you doing? You use dental floss, you idiot. Like I go around to my friends in LA's home, their butter's in the fridge. Yeah, that's a European thing to put the butter on. No, the that's a Southern thing too. Yeah. Okay. That it, you just, why would you put butter in the fridge? You cut it and then the bread's all, you yeah, have to yeah, wait yeah, for it. Yeah, like, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah. Like there's just certain shit in the South that's a different, there's always a cup of grease on the. Yeah. Like there's just. Yeah. Like being around L I feel like people are like, oh my God, Whitney, you know so much. I'm like, no, I'm just not an LA idiot. There's yeah. like, there's like really basic, if there's a rattlesnake, people call animal control. Like, how yeah. do you not know how to kill a rattlesnake? How do you not know how to take a tick? How do you kill a rattlesnake? With a shovel. You chop its head off. Okay. Mm -hmm. so just a blunt I also object. have a flamethrower now, so I'll probably be just using that. Just a blunt that. object. Yeah, you have to cut its head off. There's no. You just have to go for the head. You can't. By the time you call animal control and no. they come, it's gonna be dark. It's gonna have killed someone's dog. You gotta. Yeah. Just gonna... Yeah, you gotta kill him. Okay, I didn't know how to kill a rattlesnake. Rattlesnake shovel, kill him, or like a machete knife thing. Yeah. Yeah, ticks. I I know people go to the Hamptons. These idiot Hollywood idiots that are like, I got Lyme disease because I had a tick on for four days. I'm like, why didn't you pull it off? They're like, we didn't know how to get it out. Like. Yeah, I How thought do, that you put Vaseline, but you don't. You pull it out right away you and you make sure the head, bite the head off and burn it. If you had a tick on your body, you would put Vaseline on it? No, you're not supposed to do that. No, I for was sure. I with friends and their brother and I was like, you know how like, you, you hear happen? I was like, put Vaseline on it. So they did in the night. When we got Wi-Fi, we were like, oh, don't do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I just, there's certain, there's certain backwood street smart shit that is just like lacking here in a very big way. Check your Uber license before you get in the car. I don't even do Uber. Okay. 
we're just giving strangers our home address all the no, time. I know, I know. That shouldn't do Uber. You yeah, well, then I, what I started doing is I started going, oh, I'll just have them drop me off at a different house and pretend it's my house. And it's like, well, then that person's going to get murdered. That's so <laughs> shitty. That's all your neighbors <laughs> like, are dead. You're like, I'm fine. No one's come after it's me. It's just <laughs> such a, I was like, oh, no, I'll just get out. I will pretend to go in someone else's house. And I'm like, this is so fucked up. <laughs> but then also there's like so one time I like yeah, had them drop me off at this like apartment complex like kind of near and then I was like well, I don't want to think I live in an apartment like they're just like the shit that comes up and you're like why am I trying to impress my murderer <laughs> yeah like um but yeah no I'm trying I I do Uber if I have to but I because t- I I do like having conversations with people like when I go to New York <laughs> now the worst I would never I love talking to Uber drivers what do you mean they'll explain everything that's going on in Russia in dude LA, if I- they're like Dude, if it wasn't for Uber drivers, I would not be in the know about the fact that in Russia, there's at least two people that have gotten plastic surgery to look like Vladimir Putin. Oh, that's fascinating. Fascinating! A lot of the LA Uber drivers are also actors, so I'm like, shit. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Cab drivers, I think, are... Love cab drivers in New York. When I get land, always, and I'm just like, tell me everything, talk to me. I've been, I've been having a lot of Uber drivers that are like white guys, and because I've been working in true crime, I just always assume that they're like a murderer. So I, I talk to them, and we have these like really nice conversations because I'm like de-escalating, you know. Even but though you they can't murder now in Ubers because it's like you wouldn't get away with that anymore. Yeah. You know, this is good news. You're gonna get murdered by your husband, Jenna. Stop worrying about all these strangers. <laughs> Most women are murdered by their husbands. Okay, just don't go on any boats. I know. No paddleboarding for you. All right, I love you. I have to finish editing um, okay. something. I love you. Love you. Love you more um, than anything. Thank you so much for having me. This was really nice. I'm sorry, I'm very tired. No, don't. I'm don't. It is what it is always. And I think that honestly, I'm at the point where I think it's way more interesting for people to hear comedians. Like this, like not be funny, <laughs> yeah, but kind of, like, kind of, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. or just be who we are, people yeah. like it. It's like the hang when I listen to a podcast and people are like, bah, bah, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, most people listen to podcasts when they're doing a couple other things and they kind of just want to yeah. hear adults have a conversation, yeah, not funny, it's mm-hmm. out. Um, uh, also, um, Lady Killer, her special on Peacock is absolutely genius, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Aww. Get in the wormhole, watch Indefensible if you're a legal nut. You will love it. I've sent it. I send. I send that show to so many people. When people say like, "What should I watch?" I always send them Indefensible. Thanks. Big hit. Big hit. And I have lawyers in my family, and they love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, they love it. I love you, Jenna. Jenna Friedman. Not funny. Uh, Don't ride elephants. Bye. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get a creamy Oreo frappe or McCafe smoothie for less with 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.